I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. Pete, get ready to start track. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. That might be the theme song. Yeah, that's perfect. I, How does um, did, did it sound like a theme song to you to Star Trek, Peter? Yeah, uh, uh, it sounded like music that would be uh, on a television show. I, I especially like how you were just uh, singing it with no instruments. It was very like, are you are you in pentatonics? Am I a pentaconist? Are you in are you a pent are you a pentacostic? Are you in pentatonics? Not sure what that is. Oh, they're uh, they're a famous acapella group. Oh, if you wanted to name a famous acapella group, I assume you would have said Rockapella, mm. who is both famous for being an acapella group, but also very hard to confuse the name for not being an acapella group. Mm-hmm. They sang they sang the theme song to, as of course we know, Peter, say it with me. <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Oh. So this, we're finding out a lot about Peter, which is perfect because that segues wonderfully into what this podcast is. So you definitely, almost certainly know us as the hosts of We Love to Watch. We're starting our fourth podcast together. Thankfully, this one has an end in sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not, this one is not going to go on until uh, we both uh, die with the microphones in a death grip in our hands as we have an awkward goodnight that leaves us both with strokes at yeah. the same time. No! It's going to be like uh, in one of those Fallout games uh, where you find a skeleton on the toilet. Except for- I haven't played Fallout, but I'm very familiar with toilets and skeletons, so that reference sat well with me, <laughs> if, you, if you get it. Yeah, because you sit on a toilet. One of the two ways you can use it. I've never heard of anyone laying down on it. Uh, <laughs> so well, actually, in the biblical times, all toilets were laying toilets. People just pissed themselves while they were sleeping, and they called that a toilet. Uh, <laughs> but we're not talking about the past. We're talking about the future, the Star Trek future. So Peter and I were having a chat, and Peter had told me that he had had a dream about Star Trek V, as you do. And then mentioned it was weird that he had had that dream, considering... He had never seen any of the Star Trek movies. And I said, what? Uh, Just like that, uh, I shook uncontrollably. I did a laying down toilet. And and I said, holy shit, we should watch those and do a sidecast. And that's kind of what we're doing. This is kind of our table setting episode where we're just going to kind of go over kind of our history with Star Trek. Um... What kind of Pete's expectations of going through Star Trek 1, the motion picture? Not called Star Trek 1. <laughs> Thankfully, Trek fans are notoriously not uh, nitpicky about what things are called. <laughs> I, um, I can't wait for uh, them to not only get mad at me for not knowing things, but get mad at you, the supposed expert. <laughs> well, that's the problem. It's it's like 15-year-old knowledge at this point. But I'm gonna, it's, So it's going to be kind of a revisit for me. So anyways, we are going to go through... Uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture to Star Trek Nemesis. 
Um, and then we may do a couple other things in there as well. Maybe some uh, episodes of the television shows that kind of inform some of the movies. Because uh, some some of the movies are essentially direct sequels to specific television episodes or some are thematically similar. Uh, and then we may do a couple other things in there as well. But that's that's kind of it's kind of the gist. It's almost not to wear our influences too much on our sleeves, but it's like the analyzed fish of Star Trek movies where I've seen them all many, many times. And Pete apparently has not. Uh, seen them, so we're going to get into that. So we're just going to start great this. To start off your podcast, comparing yourself to a much better podcast, to one of the best podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thematically, it's the same quality, much lower. Yes. I think we can all assume. So, uh, yeah, so that is that is kind of our plan for this. Um, uh, we don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know how frequently we're going to release episodes. We are going to try to get the Star Trek motion picture one out pretty quickly after you're hearing this one. But we want to do some table setting because. Can't have a Star Trek wreath without a table. These all could be. Do Star you want to take that again? <laughs> By no. uh, that, I mean you giving me better words to say, and then me saying them. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Um, you can't have this Star Trek without your star boots. Boots are really not a big part of Star Trek, but most other clothing is. So. <laughs> why? Why do they not? Do they not believe in boots? Well, here's the thing about boots. They're made for walking. And in this movie, they're doing a lot of flying across the universe. <laughs> That's pretty wild. It's um, going to so be a they, pretty wild journey. So like, are they more like loafers or slip-ons? You know, you just, you don't get, it, you don't get that many pictures. They, I think they are kind of like boots. They're kind of like, I don't know, like dress loafers. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they're booty. Hmm. You know what? That's one of the wonderful things we're going to find out on this journey. We'll have a segment about boot count, yes. which is what kind of boots were they wearing? Yeah. Boots on the ground. Yeah. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Ooh, this is... I'm so glad we're really inviting listeners in with... Oh, they're doing their normal bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Very welcoming. They need to know what they're getting in for, okay? That's what you're getting in for. Yeah. yeah so get out while you still can. <laughs> this is your last chance yeah. to stop a podcast. Get a, Fly away from here in a spaceship, which I assume is part of Star Trek. Oh, they got some... I mean, they call them starships, but you're pretty close. Mm-hmm. The is stars... There, is there a lot of water in space? The No. Why are they ships, then? Well, it's the the star is the important part because they uh, is there water on these stars. I feel like it would evaporate. So when matter changes form, please tell it's... me about phase shift. <laughs> sure, uh, it's probably an episode of a Star Trek. Mm. Um, let's let's talk about it when we get to that episode. Okay, uh, the famous phase phase shift. Yeah, episode I, I, let, about let's water save on, all the about water on the sun. Yeah, yeah, let's let's yeah let's let's get into it. So the reason I want to do this is that um. So Star Trek was kind of like my first thing I was completely obsessed with. Uh, not there were there were definitely. I mean, it came around when I was probably like fifth, sixth grade when I kind of really discovered it. My dad used to watch uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. It was airing um, uh, new episodes when when sort of been like ninety two. 93 and I would occasionally, he'd let me watch with them. There was, um, oh, every once in a while, a Star Trek, the original series episode on, that aired on, like, uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. in syndication, we'd get to watch. Um, he took me to Star Trek Six in theaters, uh, which was the first Star Trek movie I saw. Um, and then, 
you know, so I, I got some occasional exposure to it. And I always liked it because my dad was really into it. And it kind of was like this thing that I wasn't always allowed to watch. I didn't get to stay out for it. But then there were those times where it's like, hey, we're going to stay up and watch the premiere of Deep Space Nine. And it was, a, you know, kind of a fun oldest son dad thing that I got to do. Um, and then eventually, you know, having started to see enough of it to kind of get a gr- grasp of what it was about, I started to watch more. They started showing Next Generation episodes in syndication after it went off the air in 94. And I kind of just became obsessed. Um, I would record all the episodes off of television I could. I started reading all the novelization and books at the library. Um, my parents were very big about limiting uh TV time, which is what they used to call screen time back in the day. and uh, But I could read whenever I wanted. So I, I think I read every Next Generation book the library had. And, they, and those were those, those days where they just released a new one every month of some random bullshit story. But some of them had sex in it. And that was very exciting for fifth grade era. Sex with aliens, presumably. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, so you knew like when Peter David wrote one, mm-hmm. there was going to be a little bit of a sex scene in that one. Nice. The roommate yeah, picked the Peter David ones first. Mm-hmm. I'm not really uh, interested in the SpaceX when they're in. Uh, I presume this is the sort of it's Star Trek. They like walk around the ship, right? It's that kind of thing. They're not like floating around. Yeah, they. It's mostly it's mostly walking. To be honest, there's rarely running, making the way downtown, walking fast. Yeah, you know, making the way in the world today takes everything you got, but not breaking a sweat. Yeah, these these space loafers are made for walking. Exactly. And that's just what they'll do. So I, I would, yeah, I feel like sex with aliens is really the only reason to write a sex scene in space where there's no zero-G sex. I'm just going to say that right now. Okay, I mean, there was just a lot of people having sex, too. Again, all sex was exciting for me, but it wasn't quite massive. Not effect. anymore. <laughs> okay. Not yet. Now I'm, now I'm. Definitely have a have a type, and that's alien sex. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I was uh, so yeah, I was pretty obsessed um, to the point that like it started to be like I had T shirts. I played the Magic the Gathering version of the Next Generation game. Um, I just record everything. I had like every book. Like they had they had all these books too that were not just like novelizations and new stories, but like here's the Star Trek chronology, and here's the uh, compendium which has stuff from uh, the behind the scenes on every episode and the nitpickers guide to Star Trek, and uh, it, it got to the point that like my dad I think started to get annoyed at how much I was into Star Trek. Like I kind of it kind of turned on. It was like he saw a reflection of himself and was like, you're just grounded from Star Trek. It's too much. You need other interests. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I moved on to Star Wars. It was pretty nerdy, to be honest, mm-hmm. in, in junior did, high. Did you move on to Star Wars uh, is an act of rebellion. No, I, I just – Star Wars I didn't see for the first time until I was in sixth grade. Like my – I saw the Indiana Jones movies young. Like my parents just had no connection to Star Wars – at all, which was kind of surprising. Like, so I just rented it one day, like, oh, th- I'd heard things about this, or I'd seen, like, C-3PO on Sesame Street or some shit. Um, so, so, I, so I was just exposed to Star Trek so much earlier than Star Wars. And there was just more of Star Trek. Like, I didn't I didn't stop. I finally, like, I got the complete series of Deep Space Nine in college and ended up watching all through that. I tried to get through Voyager, and I didn't, and, you know... When I was a freshman in college, Enterprise premiered, and we watched that. And I'm watching Star Trek Beyond now. Now, or, uh, not Star Trek Beyond. Uh, Star Trek. What's the What's the new one? Discovery. Oh, oh, the new show. Okay. 
Yeah, and I'm yeah, watching that. Um, I'm mostly through it's the first called, season. Uh, like, I, I just... I think it's called... Uh, Discovery. Seth MacFarlane. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, the Orville. Yeah, I'm yeah, watching the Orville. Orville. Yeah. It's great. Love it. Yeah, edit that to make it sound like I'm funny. Huh? Perfect. Uh, that's kind of what we do on this show. Mm-hmm. But I, my obsession kind of probably peaked around 8th or ninth grade, and then, you know, still would watch stuff occasionally. But some of these movies I probably haven't seen in, like, 15 years. Um, Star Trek 2 and 4 and 6, and, like, my favorites I've definitely seen many, many times. But can't remember the last time I've seen, like, the motion picture or uh, even Star Trek 5, for that matter. So, I'm I'm really excited not just to hear your take on it uh someone who's never seen him which is i think pretty pretty was surprising to me because you're not like you're not like someone who's like oh that's nerdy like you we have a lot of the same interests we like a lot of the same stuff well we've never talked no apprehension towards star trek yeah so it's it's surprising that you've just never seen such a big part of it so i'm excited to revisit myself because I haven't seen them or, like, seen them, like, in order in God knows how long. But, again, also ex- excited to hear your take on something that's a big part of culture that you somehow have never seen. So, without further ado, Peter, what is your experience with Star Trek? Because I'll tell you what, it doesn't sound like much from the onset. It's not. Uh, I My dad was also a Star Trek guy. But I was at the wrong age to push that stuff on me, I think, because... I, I, I was just too young. Like, I was born in 91. Uh, yeah. I think by the time I would have been 10 to 15 where the show and him, it, he could have maybe showed me some of the new shows, I would have been, I don't know, there's nothing on. Well, yeah, Enterprise came out in 2001, and I only watched the first season. I heard it got better, but it was canceled in 2005. So, you, yeah, you definitely would have come in at, like... The least interesting Star Trek show, I think. Yeah, and my so my dad really liked it, but he that was sort of like and the worst side. movie, for, to be fair. Like two thousand two, when you would have been nine, is like Nemesis. Is that the time? That's Hardy terrible. One? Yes. The only part of Nemesis I've seen was somebody did a YouTube video of Tom Hardy doing like a script reading of his part in Nemesis, and he looked like amazing. And people were like, "Why wasn't he this good in the movie?" Uh, so I haven't even seen any of the actual Nemesis movie. I just know it's really bad. Anyways. So my dad was really into sci-fi. Uh, he was really into Star Trek, and but he was more of like a loved reading Arthur C. Clarke and Isaac Asimov, and loved the uh, astrophysics paired up with you know a grand story. Rather than, I don't think he was particularly attracted to what I understand Star Trek the show was. Which well, let me. I'm like interested to hear what that is. Commentaries like little like, is it like? Twilight Zone, where each episode is sort of mm-hmm. like one a take on racism, a take on being elitist, a take on a weird political situation that makes you think about how people contend with uh, people who are their political rivals, but they have the same goals. Like, is that kind of what it is? So that's that's so interesting because I guess I never would have even thought of like what is Star Trek the television show because it's just Star Trek to me. But I, I guess I wouldn't actually call it, it – it has a lot of that. And like a lot of science fiction um, from all eras, it has a lot of like social messaging and like overreaching theme of Star Trek, which probably helped give that indication. It's why a lot of people love it. It's It was this idea of this kind of utopia where, you know, humans are at peace. Um, the, you know, sexism, racism, all that stuff is cured eventually. Like, Next Generation talked about, like, trans issues and 
homophobia and some of that other stuff. So I think starting out as like this idea of this like utopian, enlightened, woke Earth culture that then goes and explores the galaxy. And it definitely had those episodes. But there's also just episodes where like Spock gets horny and wants to fuck. Like they don't, you know, or... or the doesn't um, sound as appealing to me though. Like the, the former sounds really appealing to me. The sort of like Twilight Zone style, like let's look at civilization with our particular uh, moral... There's thing. a lot of that. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like there's not that. Uh, and like a lot of shows of the era, like it's it's it was definitely a moral television. So there right. was usually some sort of like moral that you'd learn at the end. Sometimes that'd be cultural issues. Sometimes it would be like less profound or, you know, less interesting. And there were just fun, like sometimes time travel episodes like it. I think it had a mixed bag of what you'd find in a lot of adventure series. But it definitely had a lot of um message episodes and probably a lot of those are what has become uh, from what you're saying pretty famous or like as a reputation oh yeah like i've seen uh images of and i have no idea what series it's from but like images of like the people who the left half of their face is black and the other half is white and then i thought i thought that'd be the one yeah the i think that's called let your let it be your last battlefield and that's from the original series Okay, and then I also am familiar with, I think, from maybe the 90s show where Jeffrey Combs played... Uh, oh, it's it, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he's so fucking awesome. He plays Wayun. So is that... Were those like a Jewish corollary? I've no. That, I've heard that, that race be criticized as somewhat anti-Semitic. So I forget what his race specifically is, but they served uh, the Dominion and the Jem'Hadar. Mm. I, I th- no, you're talking... Oh, Sorry, you're talking about the Ferengi, yeah, who were a hundred percent anti-Semitic, um, <laughs> uh, especially in, in their first few appearances on Star Trek: The Next Generation. I feel like Quark, who was um, that that species in Deep Space Nine, I think really saved it. But in general, the culture was like these short uh, people with like. Big facial features who only cared about gold. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I def- that definitely doesn't sound like. So I don't know where they get that from, blog. but Got yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that proves a point is that I don't know. I don't know that much about the show except for the that there's some sense of like uh, talking about social issues with maybe a light progressive bent, and then also. The times that they tried to tackle those issues and it was fairly embarrassing. That's the only time that I really, that's the only thing I really know about the original show or the 90s show. I know that, uh. So could you name, could you name all, so there's five shows before, uh, Discovery. Okay. Could you name them? And I named Enterprise in the original series. Can you name the other three? I've already named them, I think, in this podcast. I think I can do that just by being around nerds for so long. Um, so there's the original show, which was just this Star Trek. Yep. Okay. Was there the next voyage? Is that one? next generation? Okay. That's next the, generation. that's the Picard Riker. Oh, data. Okay. So yeah. I weirdly enough knew the word, the name Riker and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, then deep space nine was one you just said. Correct. So that came out underwater. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think everything in space is underwater? Yes. Yes. Okay. What is space uh, but 
an ocean. So Deep Space Nine was like a spinoff that that took place concurrently with the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. So like eventually, Worf ended up on the show after the Next Generation was canceled. Like the first episode has like, like Fisherman's Bec- Worf. Yep, <laughs> the Klingon. Is Do you not know fish? who Worf is? Is he a fish? For the love of God, if you pretend you don't know stuff you know, this is going to be the longest fucking show ever. So you think, need oh, to oh, tell Klingons me. Klingons have the, the fucked up forehead. The ridges. Okay, yeah. So anyway, so they shared a character. The first episode of Deep Space Nine has Picard giving uh, Commander Sisko the command of the station. Like, so there was kind of like a handoff. Oh, uh, that's cool. Uh, and it kind of, so it kind of took place at the same time, but continued after Next Generation ended. Uh, and then that one kind of – so that was at a space station. That one kind of started out really shitty and then got really, really good. Oh, okay. um, and then what was the next one? You Did you say Voyager? Correct. Okay. So that's one where Kate Mulgrew uh, I love was Kate the captain. Yeah, she was the captain. And uh, they had a ship that got flown 80,000 – light years across the galaxy. So the idea there is like, they're the only humans, the only people from the Federation and they're trying to get home. Oh, uh, that's like, uh, it's like that fourth Mass Effect game. Nobody played. Sure. I didn't play it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know what happened. So yeah. So interesting idea. I've heard it gets a little better near the end. Um, I've, I watched a few episodes when it was on originally and I tried to do, I think I made it, Season and a half before I kind of was like a couple years ago. I'm like, there's just so much I want to watch and this is just not doing it. Uh, and then the fifth one would be Discovery. Enterprise. Enterprise. Okay. So Enterprise starts Scott Bakula and the, the thing there was that it took place before the original series. So it's like the first starship. Um, okay. and they're, they're just starting. So it's like, it's like I'm a prequel familiar with that. I think I know what Scott Bakula is. Was he Outer Limits or Far Jumper? Quantum Leap. Quantum yep, Far Leap. Jumper. He was on, he was on Far Jumper. He was on Far this Jumper. Is, right? the, the this body is, this is fucking, I, I gotta say, this is fucking amazing. I was, <laughs> I was not anticipating your blind spot to be this big. I don't which is know really exciting. 90s sci-fi TV and the things that. It, it, they needed to connect to so so Scott Bakula was in Quantum Far League. Jumper. <laughs> okay, okay, and that's the that's a body hopping show. That was a show where every week he ended up in a different person's body in okay. different time and place. I've heard of this now. Yeah. Okay, and then Scott Bakula was on the Discovery was, crew, not Discovery the, Enterprise. He was on Enterprise. so. Okay. The idea was it was the first ship was called Enterprise, which was really stupid. But it was like it was like a hundred years before the original series took place. So this is all a connected universe because I it I is ha- spoiler alert. I have seen two Star Trek movies, and oh, I didn't two, know that they're two of the new ones. So you saw First Contact, and what's the other one? No, oh, no, I saw the two, oh. two of the Chris Pine ones. Oh, okay. I saw the the, the first reboot. And okay. then I saw Into Darkness, which is a, Not a good movie. pile of shit. And yeah. in one of them, they talk to Spock from the old show. And it, it's yeah. like this big moment. I didn't know that all of them were also connected. I thought yep. that was just J.J. Abrams getting like a lost boner and needing to. No. So actually, I thought. So from my perspective, as you've seen the, the, the first two of the new movies, uh, spoiler, I kind of want I think Beyond is the best of those three. And I kind of want to save that as our for our final episode because I because I, I, I hated d- Into Darkness so much. It's so bad. I like the first one. Into Darkness is a pile of garbage, but I don't want to end our podcast on 
nemesis. So yeah. I think it makes sense then to to finish off with um, Beyond, which is directed by Justin Lin and is really really good. We can do um, we can do all of the Star Trek movies if we're yeah. Gonna I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind doing those other. I haven't seen Into Darkness since. Theater, I would like so. to revisit Into Darkness. I understand has a bunch of fan service. And I understand that. Oh, yeah. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, let's do all 13 because I think Into Darkness will be way more interesting to you after you've seen The Wrath of Khan. Or Enraging. Uh, yeah, in, it'd definitely be Enraging. But I think you'll be okay. like, holy shit, that was stupider than I thought. Yeah. Um, okay. So, anyway. So, anyways, yeah. So, I don't – so, is, is there – there's there's a new one. Is that Discovery? So, let me tell you. So, they all are connected. So, all Discovery – it's kind of – Discovery is the new one. I'm about nine episodes into the 13. So, it is unclear what that takes place in. Like, Spock is mentioned. It takes place around the same time as, like, Captain Kirk. I'm, I'm not quite clear, like, how it's going to connect yet. And no one does. Or if it's connected. Or if it's a, a real reboot. So, all of the first five series – are are connected like Star Trek? So Star Trek takes place the original in like twenty two something. Uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, takes place in like twenty three seventy five. Uh, so it's like a hundred years after Star Trek. Uh, so things are a little more advanced. And then Deep Space Nine and Voyager take place during the same time, essentially. And then Enterprise goes back about a hundred years before the first Star Trek. And one of the cool things they did with the movie. Is that uh, the the J.J. Abrams uh, 2009 movie is that instead of just rebooting everything, which they kind of did, but they did it in a cool way where essentially someone from the Star Trek universe that we've known for 50 years goes back in time, kills Kirk's father and basically creates an alternate universe that then when the Spock from the other Star Trek universe comes into it. So it's that it's it's kind of it was. As a fan, I liked it as a way to – we want to do a reboot, but we we wanted to make it like, hey, all your stuff still exists in like one parallel universe and what happened was is like a new path. It's like it's like if uh, Back to the Future 2, the Biff timeline just kept going. That's essentially where uh, we're at with the Star Trek okay. stuff. I, all right. It was very sweet of you to go through that timeline for me. I remember yeah. none of that. No, you won't. Because I – don't even have like a face to connect to the names and all the names just sound like so yeah okay here's the thing let me let me get this out real quick the reason that i haven't watched any of these movies is for that specific reason it feels overwhelming that, yes it is so fucking overwhelming and i'm someone who likes to like if i'm going to talk about if i'm going to talk about nerd shit i like to be able to qualify it and I like to be able to actually, like, have experienced the art. So, like, I don't talk about Star Trek because I have no opinion of it except for what I've seen of the new movies. And that feels like I kind of got a clean a clean break. I can judge the movies as their own thing because I haven't seen the original series. But with the old stuff, it's like I could watch the movie and I'll be like, that was kind of boring. And then people will be like, well, did you watch all of the original show? And I was like, no. And then my opinion <laughs> well, is somehow not valid. So... I think that's going to be fascinating because this is a big thing that you've kind of missed out on that has been, for someone like myself, like a huge <laughs> part of my life. But I, So, I'm starting to think about a different way to potentially approach this. So, I think before we – Star Trek The Motion Picture is a weird movie and we can talk about the background for it. I think 
that we should watch three episodes of the original series that I'm going to pick out after we're done recording. Okay. They're all on Netflix. They're all, I mean, they're easy to watch because I don't think you need to watch all 80 of them. It is not serialized in the way a lot of, and Star Trek The Next Generation doesn't serialize either. But I do think it's important to get a sense of like what their adventures were like before jumping into the movies. And obviously, if you've never seen anything, I think the motion picture will be extremely confusing because – so the motion picture takes place – so the, the original mission is a five-year mission. It's what they say in the opening credits. The original takes place as like a reunion after the five-year mission and they've all gone their separate ways. In fairness, I saw the motion picture at, having seen maybe two episodes or three episodes of the show as well. So I had to figure out a lot of the context later on through all of my encyclopedic reading that I was doing at the time. Mm. But, but I do think that giving you a few episodes – and we can talk about them a little. I don't think we need to go into depth on those specifically – before we before we record on the motion picture, I think giving you a couple episodes to watch will be helpful. And maybe we should do the same thing before we get into the Star Trek, uh, the Next Generation movies as well. And there's no Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise movies. So let's do – there's a couple episodes I think we will watch in relation because Star Trek Two is actually a sequel to an episode of the television show. Uh, First Contact is essentially a sequel to an episode of The Next Generation. So I think there's a couple that we'll watch and cover more in depth as just part of the natural progression of the show. But for both – before we get into the Star Trek series of movies and before we get into the Next Generation series of movies, how about if we do plan to do just three general episodes as table setting? And again, we don't even have to have – I don't know if we need to do an episode on it. Maybe we just do it as a way to inform and we can talk about the three that I picked, your general thoughts, and then kind of get into the movie. What, what do you think about that? I think that'd be great because that will uh, alleviate some of my fears that I've had for the show, which is that I'm going to watch the movie and then you're like, I'll be like, hey, what the fuck up? What's up with <laughs> this dude? And you're like, oh, it's because you didn't watch episode seven where uh, Billy Bob Spaceman. Uh, I mean, that is one of the advantage, though. That is one of the advantage of um, – did, did you know there's an episode that's about a flute that Picard got? No. Okay. Well, great, great can pull. We, can we skip to the next generation? <laughs> that's actually considered maybe the best episode of Star Trek at all time. Maybe we should uh, watch it. Anyways, it's called The Inner Light, but it's the next generation. So so Picard does a jazz flute. I think it's – I don't remember the name of it. I am Dorian or some shit. Anyways. Uh, does I, he wear a trilby, yes or no? No trilby. Oh, is there an episode where Picard uh, shoots a Tommy gun at a room full of gangsters in the 40s? There's a few episodes like that and part of one of the movies. Okay, because I've seen a gif of that. Probably you've seen the one from First Contact. Oh, okay. Um, here's, the, here's the advantage you have going into it, though. It is a lot of history and it's a lot of, like, fans. And definitely at one point I knew, like, oh, an episode, blah, 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 this race. And that was referenced. But the show in general was meant to be standalone like a lot of shows in the 60s 70s and then of course the 80s and 90s so there's like light serialization occasionally like there's like eight episodes that make up make up this like klingon civil war arc in star trek the next generation and there's like a few episodes that make up kind of like what happens with data's brother there's like four of those out of like 180 is data's brother named info his lore <laughs> that's seriously yeah 
Is it too late to bail on this podcast? <laughs> Sorry, oh, go on, go on. I, I think as long as you know who these people are and watch a few episodes to get a sense of their relationships, I think that's all you need to know. Okay, I'm on a need-to-know basis, and uh, you're just going to let me know what I need to know. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I appreciate that, because I feel like I feel like if, if you give me the proper bubble to experience these things, I can judge them fairly without being uh, some, uh, some outsider noob to it. I want to feel like a, a little bit of an insider to the information, and hopefully I, I can I can take the... Uh, I can take the journey that you set me off on, you can point me in the right direction, and I can run on my own. Well, and ultimately, I want you to like it, right? Like, I, my expectations for this show is, as I kind of mentioned, I am excited to revisit them. I'm excited them to revisit them with someone who has never seen them, who is also, like, one of my favorite people to experience and talk movies with. If you don't like them, it is not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not like – it's not one of those things. But I do think there's a lot in some of the movies that you're going to like. And I think some of them you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and and they they have some great movies. They have some terrible movies. It's It's a weird series that has like almost its own trilogy in the middle and then like a sequel spinoff that then became its own series of movies that has a connection – like a passing of the torch with Kirk being in the first generations movie. Like it's, it's a long running series. It's this big part of like nerd and pop culture. I'm excited to get to revisit a lot of this myself. And also like, it's why you show anyone things they haven't experienced. It's fun to experience stuff that has been a part of your life to someone who hasn't seen it through their, through their prism. So what, what are your expectations for, for this? What do you, I did kind of like cajole you into it, but you're doing it. So what are you, what are you hoping to get out of this? Um, I do expect to not have the same level of reverence and uh, sort of nostalgia magic that you have for it, but I do expect to be pleasantly surprised by especially the next generation stuff because of how much how much reverence there is for it among people I respect, including you, um, and how much. Uh, I I expect to to at least be able to understand your uh, the the reverence and the the magic behind it, even if I don't share those feelings directly. Right, like some of this stuff, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, the ship kind of looks like shit," or like, <laughs> why, "Why is that alien so fucking stupid looking?" But some of it, I expect to be like with Planet the original Planet of the Apes, where I came on board very late and I got swept up in it. Because it doesn't matter if it looks a little hokey by modern standards. The if the perform if it's if it's character based, it's performance based, it's it's you know theme and message based. It will grab me because I'm into this stuff. I'm into I'm into sci-fi. I'm into uh, you know films with a message and films that talk about you know progressive politics and uh, political situations being dissolved in front of me. And I like all the stuff surrounding Star Trek. Like I like. Stuff that wouldn't exist without Star Trek, like Mass Effect games. I think what's really interesting about hearing that is that there is going to be a separation for, like, the movies don't always reflect the best parts of the series and vice versa. So, there is, like, when people talk about Next Generation, the movies are kind of considered a mixed bag. It's the show that people really love. So, I think that element is going to be really interesting too and if i had a prediction i think the movies that people gen genuinely love 
that you'll hear these are the best Star Trek movies. I think you're really going to dig. I'm, what I'm wondering about is the movies that are like, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Or, yeah, that's fine. I wonder if you're going to fucking hate them. <laughs> like, that's that's where I kind of am wondering if that's the what's going to be the the disconnect. I, I would be shocked if you don't have a blast at Wrath of Khan or The Voyage Home or The Undiscovered Country. What I'm curious about is like, what are your thoughts of the motion picture going to be? What are your thoughts of Search for Spock or – Generations or First Contact, these ones that have a little less of a, you know, some people are big defenders of them. Some people are like, they're terrible. They have a little more of a mixed reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, on something a little bit more uh, with its heart in the, in the right place and something with a little bit more of a sweetness, I could see uh, get passing that test. So particularly, I guess, like the earlier shows, I don't know if they all maintained that sweetness. Is the new one really cynical and weird? No, the new one's really good. Okay. Um, I just assumed since it was new, it was cynical. Uh, no, it's uh, – people really like it and, oh. and I'm not surprised. It's um, – what, what, is, what is really amazing about Star Trek fans is that I don't think you have – now I'm going to say this. I'm going to hear about all these sects. But like as a fan of Star Wars and Star Trek, I find the Star Wars fandom to be more – there's like a loud sect who's like, actually, the prequels are the best or really good. You know, there, there's a little more division. I, I find in Star Trek fans that there's more of a general like, oh, yeah, these are the best ones and these are pretty good. And these are like fans only. And these are the best series. And, you know, there, there's there's People definitely some join into, into coalitions, whereas with Star Wars, it's it's like two disparate groups and now three disparate groups. Yeah. Like, Punching each other in the face over what Star Wars is. Like, there's, I mean, I, I've heard people that, like, really hate the motion picture. But I, I think, again, I, I think the middle ground stuff is more, like, whatever. But if you're a Star Trek fan, I really doubt Enterprise is your favorite. Like, I've never heard from the people whose <laughs> favorite favorite sh- uh, TV series is Enterprise and their favorite movie is Insurrection. Like, yeah, it's, you know... So I think there's a little more coalescence around what's considered the really good ones. Um, oh, one thing I didn't mention. I know what a Borg is. That's good. That'll come in handy. What is a Borg to you? They're like, uh, well, they're cyborgs, I think. I think that's where they came sure. up with the name. Yeah. Um, which, frankly, you know, top notch. Well, they're very, as you'll find out, they're very efficient. Oh, okay. So are they like assimilators? Like they they are. Yeah. Can you name? Yeah. What is you, what is the tagline of the Borg? If that's what you want to go. What's what's their thing? They say a lot that you may have heard. We are Legion. Nope. Uh, I, I believe that's uh, Satan. Get in my belly. Uh, they do assimilate people. Okay. Um. Can you can you name their tagline? Uh, come and play with us, Danny. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, here's another fun fact about the Star Trek universe. Everyone's name is Danny. It <laughs> cuts down a lot of the overhead, the bureaucracy, so they can go explore the galaxy and have some fun. Yeah. There was one really good Danny, and everyone's like, fucking totes, name your, name your son Danny. Um, so it's uh, it's Resistance is Futile. Resistance is Futile. I assumed that was you may have heard like that. a nerd thing. Um I, I but they but they they're creepy looking. They've got white pale skin and they got they got uh, uh um pipes and and doodads and wires and shit coming out of their face. And so they, uh, you're gonna find out a lot about the Borg. Okay, 
And I also want I, I want to give I think each episode we'll do like a five minutes of like what was your like because I don't want to do it now but what was your like bouncing around idea of what this movie was based on what you heard about it in the culture okay. I think that'll be interesting so maybe write that before you watch it for each one okay uh, so I'm gonna do this quiz seems very funny now when I thought you had more of a, a passing familiarity with the property but we're gonna do it anyway so it's 11 it's questions a new one and memorable look it's all of them for, yeah if it's not memorable enough or nerds haven't like forced it into my brain the way like like star wars is a movie i think the, the original star wars movies are movies that you've seen even if you haven't seen right like yeah my buddy ryan well, i kind of thought that was true it. of star trek and you've kind of dis dis yeah. disproven that notion to me that's not yeah it's not true i i know kirk i know yep. card Mm-hmm. I know there's Klingon guy. Yep. Okay, so Star Wars, what I'll say is Star <laughs> Wars is something that for, uh, forced itself upon the culture in a way that uh, my buddy Ryan, who didn't watch Star Wars movies growing up, watched them, I don't know, when he was 24. And he knew a lot of the twists. He knew almost all yeah. the characters. He knew he didn't know like you know the specific tweaks of the characters, but he knew general things. Like, well, Han Solo, he's like a pirate dude, and Chewbacca's a big fucking ape thing, and he knew Darth Vader's a bad guy, and he's really Luke's father. Like, he knew. Yeah, all my that my shit. wife at night, my uh, my wife had never seen him either, and we watched them for the first time a couple years ago, and she knew most of it. The stuff that she didn't was amazing, though. Yeah, he was he was really involved in the drama of it, which was really exciting. So he he ended up becoming a fan just in time for Force Awakens or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, with Star Trek, I got very little, so this quiz is going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, it definitely will be, but we're going to do it. I got two wrong on this quiz. So this is, I, is not a quiz that I wrote. Um, I found this on, um, uh, PBS's website. It's 11 questions. How well do you know Star Trek? PBS and I figured, look, look, on PBS's website. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> PBS, very funny. <laughs> Look, they're using our Ken tax Burns, dollars. Very funny. <laughs> Civil War, jazz, dust bowl. Very funny. Uh, funniest topics. Look, they're using our tax dollars, Peter, for this quiz. I, I think we should probably use it. Okay. Um. So you paid so, someone to write this quiz? I did not. No, it well, just was on there. You paid someone. Oh yeah, with my oh yeah, with my taxes. Yeah. They're taking my jobs. Yeah, <laughs> my Steve jobs. <laughs> Um, okay, so what is – we'll just do this very quick. I think this is dumb now, but what is the principle of Starfleet's prime directive? Is it diplomacy and nonviolence, non-intervention, providing assistance to those in need, or exploration and scientific study? Oh, I remember this. It's non-intervention, right? Correct. Because they don't want to fuck with people from the Red Dust Planet and the new ones. No. They're like, hey, they don't know this stuff? Don't mess with them. Too fucking bad. Enjoy your vaccine-less life, bitch. <laughs> I know. Now it, it kind of seems kind of cold and callous, but they address – there's like a third of all Star Trek episodes are like, should we help them? And then like they <laughs> – and then they they always do it and they're like, well, maybe we'll get fired. Kirk and Picard are always worried about getting fired because yeah. they violate the prime directive, but each time they have a good reason. Do they have like a police commissioner? Like he calls – he's like – Picard and calls him in his office and yeah and halfway through the movie collects their like spaceship keys and yep 
All right. Well, number two, I think that's the only one you're going to get. Oh. But I'm proud of you. Peak Dark. Uh, USS Enterprise NC-1701D, which is next generation one. Mm-hmm. Bartender Guinan, played by Whoopi Goldberg, who requested a part on the series, is a member of what long-lived species? Hakonian, Denobulan, Elorian, or human? Human? Elorian. Elorian. What do they look like? Humans. Oh. <laughs> no other makeup. They just they live forever. They oh. like live like 500, 600 years. Good for them. Yeah, they're doing good. Uh, what is the name of the Klingon homeworld? Is it Quonos, Cleonia, Gorkin, or Anarion? I should know this. Is it Klingonian? No. Anarion? No, I, I said it. It's Quonos. Kronos, oh, okay. I think it might be pronounced. Okay. Is it, spell it. Q-O apostrophe N-O capital S. Damn it. It's in Klingon. There's apostrophes in this language now? In Klingon. Okay. Is this a, a conjunction for something longer? It's probably pronounced like Kronos. Oh, okay, cool. You'll get Is that it. how Klingons talk? Some angry ones. Um, Are they apes okay. from Planet of the Apes? <laughs> this was a dumb idea at this point, and let me just get through this quiz so we can move on <laughs> to what we it. need to no, record keep next. keep going. I love it. Okay, Sulu held which position? For the longest period aboard the USS Enterprise. I know that name. Helmsman, chief engineer, science officer, or communications officer. I know that name. That's uh, uh, Richard Takai, right? Who George is Takei. Richard? George Takai. George Takai? Yep. Nope, nope. Not, not George Takai. Sulu is not George Takai? Oh, no, it is. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, science officer? Incorrect. Helmsman. Okay. Is, so he like... He drove, drove the, the ship. ship. What is the name of the species that compelled Captain James T. Kirk and Lieutenant Uhura to kiss? The first kiss between a white man and a black woman on scripted U.S. TV show. Is it the Iconians, the Platonians, the Romulans, or the Kazan? Romulan? No, but I mean, all four are Star Trek species, to be clear. And all but it four was... of them like multiracial kissing. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> uh, it. It was the Platonians. <laughs> they were featured on. Oh, nice. They were featured on one episode. Nice. Just, they uh, just swept in just to make everyone smooch. Correct. It, can they make more episodes about them? Sure. About smooching <laughs> a lot. You're gonna if you watch all the episodes of the original Star Trek, you're gonna be surprised how much smooching there is. There's a lot of smooching. James Kirk smooched a lot. I I'm looking forward to it. I want to see that. We're gonna watch action. like three. Do you want me the three I pick out? Be high on the smooch- smooching quotient. <laughs> yeah, uh, the smoochometer. Can you imagine? Like, I'm going to get arrested if I type into Google which Star Trek episodes have the most smooching. <laughs> <laughs> and not only am I going to get arrested, I know it probably exists. <laughs> I'm going to arrest the person that made it. <laughs> All right. Uh. Um, that's why they invented the black ops to kill people like you. For t- too much smooching, Google. <laughs> um, which of the fo- which of the following species of the United Federation of Planets, a collection of governments based on universal liberty and equality? Oh, which which of the following was not a founding species oh. of the United Federation of Planets? Vulcans, Andorians, Tellurites, or Betazoids? Fuck. 
thought you were going to say Klingons. You would have bet Klingons were definitely not. Yeah. Balkans? No, they were like one of the first. Uh, Betazoids. Betazoids. Which which is what Troy is in the next generation. They can read people's thoughts. Hmm. Seems also like a dick move. But Troy is half uh, Betazoid, so she can only read people's feelings. So if you watch the next generation, she says a lot of things like, I sense anger from him, Captain, with a guy who's, like, growling at Captain Picard. (laughs) (laughs) It really sucks. So being half Betazoid just means uh, you're (laughs) fully useless. Yeah. You you can sense nonverbal cues really well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Like, you're you're very proud that you are somewhat socially literate. Exactly. Uh, there is a lot of funny moments like that. Mm, though, still better like, than Harry Potter fans. Continue. I th- like a guy obviously lying. Like I think he might be lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, who was the disgraced scientist who created L- Lieutenant Commander Data, an android who was ultimately granted rights and privileges equal to those afforded to all humanoid species? Was it Julian Bashir, Nunian Soong, Tulian Soran, or Mabar Jatrell? Oh god. The funny thing about these B? answers, they they are all actual people in Star Trek. What'd you say? B. Correct. <gasps> I Union Soong. Huge fan of Data. Fun fact, Data, his twin brother, and Nunian Soong all played by the same actor. Oh, uh not Bruce Stern. What's his name? I know this person. He's he's in movies. Um He's in Independence Day. Yeah, he's got he's all ragged in Independence Day. Brent. Can you name the last name? Uh Brent Spiner? Correct. All right. Uh four to go. What was this is now Voyager. What was Seven of Nine's given first name before she was forcefully assimilated by the cider, cybernetic cytospecies? Cytospecies? That's some editorializing there. <laughs> PPS? They're not a species now. Uh the Borg. Was it Alice, uh, Anika, Maria, or Deanna? Deanna? No, that's uh, Troy's first name. It's, it was Anika. That was one of the other two I got wrong. Oh, jeez. Yeah. What is the purpose of the Vulcan ritual of, of Kolinar? Is it a purging of emotion? A temporary union of two minds? Sexual releasing and mating? Or the transfer of one's consciousness into the body of another? I mean, they sound like dicks. I'm going to go with the first one, A. A purging of emotion? That is correct. Yeah, they sound like dicks. Sexual release and mating is called Ponfar, if I remember correctly. Arnfar? Ponfar. Is is it having sex or is it like... I think that's one of the... Yeah. Uh, Like, they they don't have to have sex that often. Every once in a while, they're like, time to have some sex. And then, like... I think that's the one I'm going to pick for one of the three for Star Trek is the one where Spock goes crazy because he goes into heat, steals the Enterprise, and then has an American gladiator match with Kirk over a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I think that will be entertaining to you. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, what is the name of the alien who killed Lieutenant Tasha Yar, played by Denise Crosby, who chose to leave the Next Generation series after its first season? Who killed her? Was it Locutus, Armas, Nagilum, or Khan? I don't think it can be Khan. Nagilus? Uh, incorrect. It was Armus, who was uh, like an oil slick monster. What? Yeah. There's oil slick monsters in this show? Oh, there was in season one of Next Generation when they didn't know what they were doing. 
Oh, uh, man. So it's lamer than that amazing uh, Creepshow 2 segment, The Raft. Uh, well, The Raft is awesome. The Raft is awesome. Most things are lamer compared to The Raft. Yeah. Anyways, last one. What title was given by the Bajorans to Captain Sisko, played by Avery Brooks, the first African-American captain to lead a Star Trek series? The Emissary, the Prophet, the Messiah, or the Minister? The Minister? The Emissary. The Emissary? Yep. Fun fact, he becomes a being of light and goes and lives in the wormhole in the last episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Good for him. Wait, he's, he's doing, doing good. There? Yeah, well, he leaves his son behind. <laughs> Oh, so it's like a Close Encounters thing. Well, his son's like 25. Oh, but his son's fine. He's still bummed. His son's a wolf. Uh, yeah, so that's that's it. Next week, we're going to be covering Star Trek The Motion Picture. We're going to talk about whatever three episodes I We didn't talk about I something, chose. Aaron. Yeah, what? We didn't talk about one thing, Aaron. What else didn't we talk about, Peter? The dream. That was kind of dumb, though. What? Let's save that for when Star Trek V, so you can say what your expectation of Star Trek V was based on the dream you had about it. It was a great dream. Fine, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, next week we're going to cover uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture. We're going to talk about the three episodes of Star Trek The Original Series. I uh, end up picking for Peter to watch and can't wait for all the fucking nerds listening to this to explain why I chose the wrong episodes if Peter doesn't like any of them. So, just accept... Uh, I'm one of you. I'm going to pick three episodes. There's more than three good ones. A lot of options out there. But if you talk back to me, I'm picking Spock's brain, which will be funny to the people listening. Peter, don't worry. Yeah, it's, are you, wor- it's are you worried? Larf riot. Yeah, it's not a good episode is what I'm saying. Uh, anyways, we will see you next week in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> good night. Good night. Mars ain't the kind of place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. And there's no one there to raise them. If you did. And all this science, I don't understand. It's just a job. Five days a week. Rocket man. A rocket man. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. The touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh no. No, no, I'm a rocket man, rocket man, burning out his fumes of heat, alone. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time, the touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at gonna be a long, long time. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time.
think it's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be...